Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. happening welcome to the on the corner podcast my name is nick pollock and i am without alex fast as believe it or not a squirrel has eaten through the wires of his internet i am i'm not making this one up that is the situation and i am so lucky because the wonderful miles nelson is here today to talk about my labor draft that i had on sunday at first pitch florida miles how you doing thanks so much for being here what is up? I got to do my best uh, Alex Fast uh, impersonation. And that was horrible because he brings so much more energy than that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's just what happens when a squirrel chews through your internet wires. Now, I, I couldn't believe listen, it. Listen, Nick, I, I, I understand some things are are too magical to be believed. And, and you know, maybe that is what really happened. But let, we both know the truth here. Uh, he went to the Sloan Sports analytics conference and you just can't have that he went to a cooler conference this weekend than you did uh so you gotta wow okay you can't say that whatsoever uh he'll be the first to tell you that he wishes he hung out with the baseball hq crew and of course everybody else there much more fun but no he did a fantastic job of presenting on uh, finger pressure um and this incredible study that he's doing with driveline uh, there will be more updates on that, and I'll give him the floor uh, I'll, uh, next time he's on here to do that. But uh, but yeah, I had this labor draft, and I had this wonderful weekend, and uh, that's yeah. what the plan is today. Yeah, listen, I know you want to get to this labor draft, but you did something amazing this weekend too. A- Alex can talk all he wants about finger pressure and driveline and, and the future <laughs> of, of analytics, but you also are pushing pitching analytics forward uh, and presented on it uh, this weekend at First Pitch Florida. Um, how was your time in Florida? How was your PLV, uh, presentation? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I am incredibly honored that I got to be on a panel, not only with Jason Collette as moderator, but sitting next to the one and only Enosaurus is something else. Uh, and we discussed both of our models. His stuff plus is incredible, obviously. And, uh, I really wanted to make the point that PLV isn't, trying to be the new stuff plus it's supposed to be something different it's about analyzing the event specifically not just uh this specific pitch in the eye of the you know of the stuff of it what kind of outcomes should it have and then applying it to the event that allows us to do a better hitter analysis and a lot of other really cool things and going more in that direction than i uh, than just kind of the quanti- uh the quantifying of just the stuff right Right. And it was really fun to kind of see like where we differ talking about it to everybody. Um, I mean, again, just an unbelievable honor to do that. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just a fantastic weekend seeing everybody. And and I mean, what better two people to put in a room and talk about the uh, 
not just pitching analysis, not just pitching, um, you know, models, but also two people who really love pitching. So uh, that would have been must see TV if only it were on TV for us to watch it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the other thing you did there in Florida, as you've mentioned a couple of times now, we all know you're in all these cool leagues is part of one of the cool people in the in the industry. You know, the uh, coolest one I'm a part of, though, Miles, is the guillotine league. Okay. And, okay. Uh, don't know. That. Uh, we do the wacky <laughs> leagues here at Pitcher List inside the PL Plus Discord. I am a part of the guillotine league because if it ever gets to be a moment where I'm in too many leagues, well, that's how it works. I just get eliminated that week in no harm, no foul. So it, it's make, super you, fun. You make and, it sound uh, like you just get to choose when you when you get guillotine. The guillotine comes for you whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah, that is and true. And if anyone by the if if people if you want to be in a guillotine league and in these types of if you want to if you want to take on Nick Pollock head on in an elimination league, uh, you got to join PL Plus. You, I mean, yeah. you know, it, you can you can face the guillotine alongside him. I guess we should we can put it that way. <laughs> uh, you got to join PL Plus. Uh, be part of the Pitcherlist Discord. It's an amazing community, amazing people. You get to talk uh, to people like Nick and myself and all the amazing staffers here at Pitcherlist. So uh, definitely, definitely recommend that. And obviously. Um, we have a lot of amazing things coming still, uh, a lot of great tools, uh, tools that uh, maybe helped you with your labor draft this weekend. Definitely helped me uh, with one of my drafts this weekend, which, by the way, so labor, this amazing yeah. draft you're part of. Long standing sure. industry league, right? I mean, yes. it's been around since like the 90s. It's had You go through the results of this years past the champions, and it's a real who's who of sharp players in the industry. Uh, Derek Carty, uh, two-time reigning champ of the NL only. Uh, side of things, Jeff Erickson, the tw- uh, 2021 winner, who, by the way, reason I'm bringing this up, I drafted with this past weekend uh, mm. in our uh, area Roto Fantasy League called Scarf, Southern California area Roto Fantasy. And by the way, our projections like my team better than Jeff Erickson. So uh, whether or not uh, we're right, we'll find out. But it makes me feel a lot better uh, knowing that yeah. uh, I had that at my side. And I believe you had that at your side this weekend, too. Yeah, so I I use the the pitcher list uh, live draft assistant tool, um, created by Michael Rathall, and uh, it's I love it, I really do. I mean, I know that there are elements that we want to expand upon it for the future, but for something like this where you want to have a wonderful big board that removes drafted players as you go, you can follow your own budget, you can uh, you know, use our projections and put in your five by five, six by six um, uh, leak settings and just follow along really quickly gives you your best remaining as well. It's it's super easy to input players. It has a draft board for you to do it in that just allows you to follow it as you go. I loved it. Um, and I'm really excited also, you know, doing more and more of these drafts. Like, cool. This is, I mean, especially for my head to head leagues where it's just like five by five or six by six and Yahoo or something like the This is perfect for that. It's made for right. that. Right. Um, now, there are some more complexities that we want to add as we keep going. But as a foundation for like, hey, this is the, the 1.0 version. It's phenomenal. And I'm really excited now to uh, to say, cool, let's add all these advanced features for people um, and probably have that as a separate tool uh, that we'll offer for everybody. But just, you know, you want the basic one, you want the, the experts one, the custom one, uh, because we wanted to really give something that was streamlined. And not intimidating because I never really used tools before like this because it was just too much. 
Yeah. And this one yeah, was that, incredibly, incredibly simple. That yeah. was actually my experience this past weekend. So in, in the past, a handful of times I've used various draft tools out there, big boards, whatever, whatever is out there. And I have actually never made it through a whole draft uh, using mm. a tool um, because I just, I don't know, I get to like the fourth, fifth round or something. And all of a sudden it just feels like too tedious to keep up right. with. Uh, but this was super easy to use. Um, I did a, I was able to keep track of players, uh, much better than I normally do. So, uh, usually I feel pretty lost in these drafts that goes for, you know, deep as 450 players. Uh, but we're not here to talk about my draft. We're here <laughs> to talk about your draft, Nick Pollock. We're yeah. here to talk about this labor draft that you were a part of this weekend with a lot of really amazing people across the industry, uh, including two, uh, well, m- more than two friends of Pitcherless, but uh, Carlos Marcano of Baseball oh, Prospectus, Shelly <laughs> uh, Verstraight of NBC Sports Edge, two people who uh, have been a part of the Pitcherless family before. And then also Ariel Cohen, uh, who uh, ATC projections are something that we're uh, implementing as part of. with, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can use ATC projections in our live draft assistant tool um, and a lot of other amazing, amazing people uh, within the industry were part of this draft. So it was definitely not... Not the easiest room for you to draft it, Nick. This is definitely a a, a sharper oh, room uh, all across the board. How how do you feel? Just just how do you feel about your team right now? How, how are you feel? I actually out of this I actually feel like I did a pretty dang good job. I don't know. It's like uh, I'll give it to you guys straight. Um, I attended Ariel Cohen's 11 a.m. I auction draft strategy panel. His why did you say that? Like that's early. Because 11 a.m. No, no, no. is a normal time of day. It's because the draft happened at 1 p.m. that day. Oh. It was two hours. It finished an hour before the draft. And my mind was blown. <laughs> there was a lot about it that I just, I mean, it made all the sense. And I realized I'd be, I had been doing, you know, these. I've been making all these mistakes and I should have been preparing a different way for an auction draft. You got to understand when it comes to me, I am bread and butter is a snake draft. I've been doing that forever Mm -hmm. and auction drafts. I'm going to, I'll be the first to tell you is not the thing that I'm experienced in. They've taken a lot of time. All my hometown leagues have been snake drafts. And as I've been more exposed to the industry over the past, I guess 10 years or whatever, I've been doing more auctions, but, it's been since really getting to the expert ones that I said, okay, I need to start learning this more and more. And then Ariel Coma just kind of blew my mind a bit. Um, I actually had a really fun conversation with uh, with Ian Khan on uh, on Friday evening, where I even uh, facetiously I was in uh, I believe it was this it might have been Tout uh, where I was in the same league with Ariel and and Ian, and I beat. Ian Khan in the final week of the season, thus giving Ariel Cohen the win. If I had lost to Ian, even though I wasn't even competitive anymore, if I had just kind of thrown it in, thrown right, the towel, right. Ian would have won, right? And Ariel always says, like, thank you so much, Nick, for beating Ian that week. So I facetiously said, you're welcome to Ian, you know, because, like, you want ethically the fantasy players to play to the end, right? Absolutely. And he said, you know what? I lost that. And I had a conversation with Ariel. And I said, Ariel, like, I, I, you know, congratulations. Like, what did I do wrong? And Ariel said, let me tell you. And he broke it down and like helped him out. <laughs> and at first you'd be like, are you serious? You know, how could you do that? But uh, I, Ian will tell you the first time, like it was eye opening for him, it, like changed him. And he like says back to me, you know, like, you know, Nick, like I uh, thank you because you, you led me on this journey to learn all these mistakes. Right. 
Um, and that's not to say that like Ian was bad before. Like Ian Khan is an inc- is unbelievably good in this league and one of the nicest guy in the industry too. It was, it was actually really nice to to hang out with him this this past weekend as well. But it, I think it just kind of goes to show that you know we can all learn a lot of things from from Maryland. This so so I'm saying all of it. So going into it, I all of a sudden was like, all right, I just learned all these things. I'm going to try as hard as I can <laughs> to. Uh, to to do all the things I just learned, right? Right. And it, it was incredibly hard, and I feel like lessons. I have two weeks now. I I mean I I I did not have enough time, and you'll understand why. Um, to uh, to implement all the things that Ariel outlined, but I have two weeks now to prepare for Tout. I mm-hmm. uh, and I am I am geared up to do it. I am like okay, I get I see it now. I I, I truly grasp what I need to do to prepare for my auction drafts. And uh, I'm really excited for that. But nevertheless, I think I actually so, did the, you know, a lot of the things that Ariel talks about in this draft effectively. Um, not all of it. I mean, I, I looked at Ariel, what he was doing, like next to me. I'm like, ah, right. That's the thing. Ah, okay. I get it. <laughs> um, and uh, it was, it was a really fun draft. I mean, I, the thing is, it's not just like Ariel versus everybody. Like, this is Ray Murphy and uh, Brent Murphy was uh, not Brent Murphy. Um, Brent was a uh, was going with the Craig Mitch, Brent Hershey and Craig Mitch were crew, Carlos McConnell and Mark Nathan, uh, uh, Eric Cross, Shelly Verstray, Brian Feldman, uh, Ryan Hallam, Doug Anderson, Adam Ronis, like Gray Albright, like all of these are legitimate players regardless. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a battle, but um, yeah, but I think it turned out all right. Well, and and to your point about uh you know, Ariel's, uh, auction draft strategy, uh, coming into play. Uh, our, our draft assistant does have him, uh, as far and away <laughs> the winner yeah. so far. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say though that yeah, yes, but also I didn't fill it out all the way. Like essentially like the last couple picks, uh, I didn't do correctly. And <laughs> the funniest part about this, I was at a disadvantage miles. This is, this is incredibly embarrassing, but, uh, here I am. It is, uh, again, Sunday. It's at one one fifteen, uh, and I'm I'm thinking in my head like, all right, yeah, I I'm taking the flight today, but we're still inside the hotel, right? So mentally, I'm thinking yeah, like you're I'm still, still at the conference, at the hotel. Yeah, I'm still there, okay. but I forgot that I had to check out of my room by noon. Yeah, pretty Completely like a pretty normal forgot. standard hotel operation I know. type. It, of it thing, was just kind know? of like I'm still a part of the conference, so I haven't done the process of checking out. So the draft starts at 1.15. I get an email at 1.30 from the hotel saying, thanks for checking out. And I go, I didn't. Ch- oh, no. And I'm I'm trying. And they said, like, I, I, I turned to Ray Murphy on my left and I said, Ray, when's the first break? He says 3.15. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I had to text Colette. Colette was one of the few people like everyone had went to the spring training game. Right. We didn't That's, really uh, have, Jason, like, Jason Colette. Time. Yeah, right. Jason Collette. And he's he's there because he's awesome. He's watching this. And I text him and go, Jason, I have a huge favor to ask. Can you like go to the front desk and ask them like if they can wait until 315 for me to check out just because I'm in I'm in this draft right now. And like I'd say 15 picks had been maybe 20 or so. It's like 145 or something. I'm like sweating, trying to figure this out in my head while also keeping up with the auction draft. And I finally I'm like, all right, I need to do something. And then Jason texts me saying, they need you out like now, like now, now. So I I lost like five or six or seven picks or something 
sprinting back to my room, <laughs> getting all my stuff done, checking out and coming back. Jason sat there, but I mean, like, he's not going to do picks or anything, right? Right. So I missed in my thing certain guys and I misattributed some along the way. Like right. I had apparently Shelly was done and I didn't have like two players assigned to her or I thought that Brian Feldman was done, but he wasn't. I messed up during it. <laughs> uh, so it kind of led to me like the last couple of rounds, like just not filling it out, which is I had, I know I had Errol Cohen's correct. And mm. that's, pr- that's why I think he was so much higher than everyone else. Cause not all of them are filled. Um, but I, uh, but still like, I mean, I'm not surprised that, that he did well. According to the, at the, at the, our projections, it's PLV plus ATC, and he's yeah. I was gonna say the right the other thing too is he's he knows the answer sheet. You know he has yeah, that, right. uh, and so obviously it's not like the the winner of this league is whoever drafted best to ATC uh, or PLV plus ATC, which would you know again give you a little bit of an uh, uh, a leg up in the whole win the projections game that uh, sure yeah you know. It, is part of drafting uh, for many people. Cause we look at the projections afterward and that, that tells us how we feel about our draft. Um, yeah. It's not a best ball league though, guys It's a 12 team. It is not a best ball. League. Uh, it is labor, which a very interesting thing about labor is essentially if you have them in your lineup, uh, you kind of have to keep them there. I, uh, or you either drop them or you can put them in reserves for like the IL spot or minor leagues and stuff. But if you draft them, you gotta, you gotta start them unless you want to get rid of them. Um, and, it's you know roto league through the year um so i it does allow opportunity for uh for adjustment um again 12 teams so i i'm gonna lean into that a lot with this uh and i'll talk a little bit more about that later about just kind of my strategy constructing this it's clear that it's it's a little bit of a deep league uh 28 uh players were drafted by every team and so there's a little bit of a deeper roster but 12 team not that's in your wheelhouse um it's it's an area that you oh, know yeah. are very familiar with and, and all the notes that you write and everything is always geared towards 12 team or so i'm actually uh not surprised to see the, what you ended up with at least as far as the pitching staff goes but i uh, mm-hmm. i am curious what was your strategy coming into uh, what you know? What remained of your strategy coming into labor uh, <laughs> after Ariel Cohen flipped it all on its head? Which, yeah. by the way, I just got to say, if he put, does his presentation at eleven, knowing his draft is at one fifteen, do you think maybe there's a little bit of gamesmanship in there of trying to mess oh, with no. you all right, right before? No, the absolutely draft? not. He didn't say any players. He <laughs> no, was no, just about, like I'm, in general how to do it. To- uh, totally no, actually, messing, I really totally appreciated messing. it, and uh, I'm, you know, I I actually asked him to send me by Tuesday a. 1000 word review of how I drafted. Um, I want him to be like, if, if you guys know a world series of poker and stuff, I want him to be my uh, Johnny Chan to, uh, to Jamie gold or whatever. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one that is like yep. trying to get lucky. Um, totally, and totally I want him with his reference. orange. Yep. So what was your, uh, but anyway, was your so, strategy? Right. So I'm going to go deep into that, but first I do want to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? 
You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. So first and foremost, I do want to emphasize that going into it, no shock, um, my strategy is going to revolve around getting hitters. <laughs> I One of the things that Ariel did talk about inside of his presentation, and I, I want to say there is a Beat the Shift podcast that Ariel put out about auction draft strategy that will talk a lot about the things that I'm, that will go more in depth about the things that I'm going to hint at in this. Listen to it. Do that. If there's one thing you want to do for an auction draft, it's listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to convince Ariel. He doesn't even know this yet. I'm probably gonna convince Ariel to try and do a written version uh, at some point for us. I don't know. I think it's just that good. Um, and uh, we'll see. But listen to that. And a couple things that he mentioned that I really tried to implement in this. One, I just generalized. I. When you are doing an auction draft and you have draft values, so the first step that I couldn't do because it was only an hour is you have the projections that you have, whatever they are, you've signed them, you've created them, fantastic job, you've made projections, awesome. There, There's a second set of projections that you have to make and it's not the actual stat values, it's just the dollar values. Right, And you have to get the market value. You have to know what the general market rate is for all of these players and then have a difference between yours and the market that will give right. you an understanding of where he called what he calls hot spots which are where there is a gen, a group of guys that you favor more than the market and it will help you understand where the market favor guy favors guys more than you do and you can exploit that Yep. Uh, and how you get you can create the you create the market value. I think uh, if I remember correctly, that arrow is going to yell at me if I get this wrong. I <laughs> uh, is I uh, is essentially you can create ADP and just go like one is this one. Look at last year's ADP and the dollar and dollar values and just yeah. kind of shift it over. Uh, yeah, I which, think that's probably a, a an easy, probably very quick and dirty and easy right. way to do it. I just do want to like, point out what was yes, NFC does have. Uh, uh, average auction value for the auctions that have run on their site. Um, there's only been 18 in the since the start of February, so it is a small mm-hmm. sample. Um, but it, I mean, it looks pretty true to form. much like, like ADP, I mean, right? Exactly. But uh, I'm looking at it, and you know, Julio Rodriguez, forty five dollars. Acuna, forty five. Sure. Judge, forty four. Trey Turner, four. So you've and got that is going to be a little different always for the different types of leagues. Twelve teamers is going to be a little bit different, and so on and so sure. forth. But if you have, you know, that's the first step. And what I didn't get to do in an hour is really get to analyze this and be like, okay, where are mine? Where are the others? Where are the hotspots? All that kind of stuff, right? So I, he does such a good job of outlining that. And I'm like, okay, I need it. I can get a sense of it. I can get a sense of being like, especially with hitters, I can see quickly where the PLV projections are higher or lower on guys. Mm-hmm. And I actually did that a lot as much as I could inside of this. Um, right. Second, he taught me a lot about nominations and um, I think a really great point there. I mean, Ariel, I, I, I don't want us to feel like this podcast is just me re- you know, reciting <laughs> everything that you taught, 
but it's just more of I've learned so much that I just want to share it with everybody here. And I can't say enough. Go reach out to Ariel and listen to that one. And I'm probably butchering some of this, but really <laughs> strategy about like nominations and how I, um, you know, spending money, right? Like, oh, I want to get rid of money and I want to, I want to get money out of other people's pockets. I, uh, the second, this is such a good point you made the second of the draft. Like if you know, the market value is $30 or in someone or whatever, and then you nominate a player and he goes for $30, you've done nothing. Because that player is already going to expect to go at $30. How you get money out of pockets is you force them to pay a premium. Mm -hmm. And that's just, of course, right? So how do you make them get a premium? Then you have to create these these moments where guys are nominated, where they're one of the last of a grouping. And you have the market value higher than your value of it, right? Right. So, and how you do that is then you look at the list of guys and you create separation of different tiers. Yeah. And he calls it Swiss cheesing. And essentially, instead of going for like nominating the number one guy, let's say it's like number one through seven or so, you nominate the fourth to create a gap between three and five to heighten the value of one through three. I mean, stuff like this, it's just like, oh my God, of course. (laughs) And I have not done my homework. And I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) I'm so screwed, right? Um, basic stuff like that. The other really major point he makes, I think, is so important, is that if you get market value for every player that you get, you've lost the draft because you're just an average team. You mm-hmm. want to essentially get the equivalent of like two hundred ninety dollars spending two hundred sixty dollars, right? Right. You got to get. And you want at the end of the end of the draft, you want to add up essentially all your projection dollar values. And say that, make sure that that's in the positive versus what the market yep. value is, right? Or essentially more yep. than 260, right? Yep. And if you are, you know, with the idea of like, okay, I want to get Paul Goldschmidt and his market values, you know, $32 or something. And you know what? I'm going to spend 35 on him. And then don't worry, I'll get $3 later, right? And I'll get profit $3 later. You've evened out though. You've evened right. out if that's the case. And you, you're trying yeah. to get that later. So that's that's a quick I'll stop going into all of this, but that's really like the simplistic um, strategy. I'm trying to as much as to to go into. And when nominating, I'm actually more focused on the guys I want and trying to get them nominated at the right time. Right. So that I can I identify when and so a value could happen because I don't want someone else getting getting nominated that would then make it a premium for the guy I want. Right, right, right. You're you're trying so, to manipulate it so that you put yourself in a position where if you say, okay, I'm I have Goldschmidt as a thirty-two dollar player, uh, that I can I can nominate him at a point where I believe I can get him for twenty six dollars, and not exactly. find yourself in a situation right. where someone else nominates him at a point, or you put yourself in a position accidentally because you nominated yeah. Matt Olson, you know, at, at a different time where all right. of a sudden Goldschmidt now is going for thirty six, and and you cost yourself ten dollars of a value oh man you know and the last and the last thing man is that in so many aspects i mean sure of course like you need to make sure you have your steals you need to make sure you have your power you need to make sure you have strikeouts or whatever fine like general groupings but for the most part you're just trying to get profit yeah you know that that's it it doesn't really matter if that's you know say like mike trout or if it's aaron judge or you know, if you feel like they're higher, then you should adjust your projections beforehand to reflect actually mm-hmm. how you feel. 
-hmm. right? And make sure you have those dollar values already set to the point like that is what they're worth. And then you go from there. So that's how I went going in. The other element of strategy that's not necessarily about auction draft strategy is I purposefully, yeah. Before you get into anything outside of auction, I just want to, the for me, re- listening to this as someone who who's only done a few auction drafts uh, in, in my entire lifetime as a fantasy baseball player, um, I think the biggest takeaway from this, and it's something that I think people who have done auction drafts before know, and it's very hard to apply, it's that auction drafts are definitively better than snake drafts. There are so <laughs> many there are so many more options as far as team building. And it isn't just everything you just mentioned, that strategy. I mean, even just down to the basic aspects of like, you are not beholden to your draft spot anymore. Uh, I went into a snake draft this weekend and I had one goal in my, I wanted Jose Ramirez. And if I didn't get Jose Ramirez, I wanted one of the other third basemen. And I had the fourth pick and I didn't get Jose Ramirez and none of the other third basemen made it back to me. And in an auction draft, I don't have to have that problem. Right. I can make sure that I get one of those third basemen, even if I have to pay a premium for it. Um, I think. Well, then it's important just, though, before the draft, you establish what is your dollar value for it. If exactly. Pay, don't pay a premium. If, if it's above your thing, trust me, you'll find, you'll get the profit there. And then with right. someone else, that's kind of actually what happened in mine is I actually, I, I made my budget beforehand. So cool. I'm, I think one of these guys is where's my premiums or where my, where it's going to go. But then um, Machado went for 33. That was above mine. Jose Ramirez went for 42. That was above mine and so on and so yep. forth. And I I felt like they were paying premiums on third base. So I got Jose Miranda at $6. And right. to me, and, and Jose you, Miranda is $11 player. So I got $5 profit. Yeah. And you were able I, to consciously make that decision as opposed to having to be in a situation where, well, I just, because of the way snake drafts work, I just didn't have right. that opportunity. And it takes, you're able to, instead of it taking the decision out of your hands altogether, you're able to make that decision. You ended up with, we ended up with a similar situation of not having an elite third baseman, but you got to make that choice. I didn't. Well, yeah, exactly. I guess I could have yeah. taken Manny Machado oh, at fourth that. overall, like, but no, you're know, not gonna that wasn't that. going to happen. Right. Um, so so, so I understand strategy. that. I will always say snake drafts are better uh, because there's just because uh, of the time aspect. But I mean, I really honestly, that panel got me hooked because I'm such a game <laughs> theory guy. I, yeah. I and everything I do, I am the I am the friend that will play every single board game and I will play it once. And if I don't win that first, if I didn't figure it out by the end of it, then I'm like going home and thinking about that game to make sure that next time I play it. I know exactly how to do it, right? You've got the um, game theory down. Doesn't matter it, it if it's so much, and I have not been or... able, yeah. And I haven't quite been able to nail it with auction drafts, and it was just kind of like, I oh, I've seen the light, and I'm just so oh, no. thrilled to, to yeah, to to tackle it. Two weeks of Tat Wars. It is a 15 teamer, <laughs> which is really annoying. I really, I so wish I could be part of that 12 team mixed, and yep. I just have to coach uh, my teammate the playoffs. So. I if I win the semifinals on Sunday, I'll be in the finals, and that's the same time as Tat Wars. That twelve team mix is so unfortunate, so I had to switch to the fifteen. Yeah, got got it. Got to oh, choose your, so uh, close. your middle school basketball uh, team that you coach. One hundred percent over ten uh, I, years. I like, I've been coaching Miles. These are kids. I, okay, it's not just I me. Say, it's about the kids. Oh, I no, I I I sound sarcastic, but I'm being legitimate. Like that that you're making the right choice. Yeah, you're a coach right too. Choice. You you understand this? Yeah, absolutely. You get this. Uh, 
Uh, All right, so let's actually get to this draft here. Let's get to this draft. Let's get to this um, draft. And you you have an interesting team. Yeah, I so I... Okay, out, so the... Yes, go ahead. You spent, out of $260, you spent $180 on hitters, to your point about yeah. making sure you get hitters. Yeah, 180 uh, to 80. Um, what is that? That's close to... Yeah, that's close to the 70-30 that I'm going for. Okay. Um, I can do I the mean, math that, on that real quick and much, make sure it actually... That's pretty much what I always try and go for is leaning more on hitters yeah, than, than 70, pitchers. Yeah, 70, 70%. Is it exactly? You did a great job. 69.8. Yeah, that sounds right. I uh, pretty good. Um I mean that's how I that's how I do it. I always go a little bit more on hitting than I do pitching. I will also mention I am purposefully 12 teamer here. I did not overpay for saves. I'm sorry for steals because I have a firm belief that this year will be easier than ever to find steals mm-hmm. off the waiver wire. So mm-hmm. I wanted Absolutely. to secure I uh, I wanted to secure the power the, the power trio <laughs> of runs RBI and home runs more so than I uh, than steals and average of course being mixed in there as well. Um but uh so that keep that in mind when you know like the best ball rankings of this is going to say like oh Nick you're like 10th and steals or whatever I'm like that's by design I'm trying to get like sixth by the end of the year um <laughs> and uh that was something going into it the other side of it is I I'm such a firm believer of following Rick Graham in season mm-hmm. and uh making it so that sure I got I, I you know make sure you have like two guys that you like for for saves maybe make a spec ad but then like I will find someone else uh, four saves as the season goes on. And again, my goal is not to win is 12 in saves. It's more to be like six or so and be able to focus my draft dollars. Not on that. That's more of a fab target. Then right. that's just how I roll. That's how I've, I, I kind of do stuff. It's worked well for me. Um, that's going into it. How I wanted to frame this team. Yeah. And so you can definitely see the construction of your team. So real quick, just because this is an auction and not a snake draft and we don't have that built in, hey, let's just go one through whatever on your picks. Let's talk about your hitters first. Um, So I'm just going to rattle off your team and then we can dive in on players. So let's take it. Let's take it position by position. I did that once and Fast was so upset that I did that. (laughs) Let's do. Yeah. No, position by position works. We'll start. We'll start with uh, we won't start with catcher at this point. We're going to start with your infield infield. I like infield. Um, at first base, you have Matt Olson, uh, $25. You also have Ty France at $4. Uh, so both of those guys can slot in at first. Um, and Spencer Torkelson currently in your utility spot, also a dollar. Yeah. So you've got three first basemen. Uh, I know Miranda is also first base eligible, but he's going to be at third base for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for you, because <laughs> you don't have anyone else. Uh, oh. Marcus Semien for 25 bucks. Javier Baez for three. Uh, Corey Seager for uh, $25. And then obviously the aforementioned Jose Miranda for six to round out your infield. So definitely a lot of power there. Uh, Olsen, Semien, Seager, uh, who I think will hit more home runs uh, than he does in the past. Uh, Baez could certainly hit more home runs with Comerica's uh, shortened wall. So yeah, you definitely got that power. It was uh, uh, it was an interesting thing here. So Matt Olsen and Seager both are were hinting at $30 in my projection. So mm-hmm. I I felt really glad with that one. And keep in mind, we're using PLV projections, which essentially says like the the decision making of these guys and shift stuff is like, hey, focus on this, right? Yep. Um. So I felt really happy with that as getting uh, you know, just getting quality bats that I believe in. Um. Through the year, uh, obviously Olsen goes at first base. 
I was hoping maybe to be more involved with Freddie Freeman or Paul Goldschmidt at first. Um, but Olsen at 25 was profit. So I was happy with that. Yep. Same with Corey Seager. I also thought I was going to be, you know, I saw Willie Adamas um, from Gray Albright at 15. I, we had him at as a, a 19 and I was a little upset. I was hoping to get in like a $14 or so for Adamas. I even thought to myself, maybe 16, but then Seager went after. I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, but keep in mind, again, it's about finding the profits, right? So uh, it's not necessarily about I wanted to get this one. I had already established um, some dollar values. And there were some along the way that I look at PLV projections and I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to adjust a little bit more favorably or negatively for this guy for whatever reason. Um, and I felt good about that. Um, you see Ty France at first base. It was just corner infield. Ty France is a $12 player. Uh, and for $4, I was like, sweet. I got I, I made some profit there at, at corner infield. He's going to be batting, what, third or fourth for the Mariners um, mm-hmm. yeah, with Julio Rodriguez up there. I mean, this is a good good offense to hit uh, square in the middle of. I, I was really happy about that. Just a lot of production. Sure, he's not going to be like a 30 home run guy, but I'm not going to dislike having Ty France in this lineup. $4 filled that out. I was really, really proud of that one. Um, Ryan Mountcastle went later on in the draft. He was one of the last guys. Uh, to to go at first base. And I'm trying to find him here. He went for $6. And I was so, so upset that Ariel got him. <laughs> I could not express it. He was a $19 player for us. Um, and he just went so late that we had no more dollars to spend on it. And I I so wish I, I could have jumped on that one. Because um, that that is insane to me. Um, that is one of the tough things about, about auction drafts is midway through like through the draft you'll suddenly find you don't do this in snake drafts because when you make your pick you know all the players that are available i mean unless you right. just completely forget about a guy and you overlook him and you and you make a pick and then later go oh i, I should have picked him there but in auction drafts you don't know what ryan mountcastle is going to go for when yeah. when ty france is is being nominated so that's part of it too is is that you know having to find out the hard way you know, right. that, that you made a decision and, that you wish. And you one change. of the um, one of the really fun ones, I know it sounds crazy to me. I never I did not go into this saying, hey, cool. Javier Baez is a target of mine. But Javier Baez was a double digit profit for us. Uh, I mean, Baez still is going to get you double digit steals, going to hint at 20 plus home runs, I think, um, according to our projections. Um, terrible swing decisions. We understand for the strikeouts and everything last year. Um, but we project it to hopefully improve th- this next season. And at $3, I needed a middle infielder. <laughs> I mm-hmm. almost got Cattell Marte um, at $1. Um, and then, or, or maybe it was even two. And then I believe it was Shelly. Yeah, I got her at, got him at four. Um, yeah, I put him up for $1. She said two. I was like, oh, three. And she went four. I was like, okay, fine. Um, but Javier buys the same way. Ariel turned to me and was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why didn't you say like, I, I I'd all filled up? I don't I can have a spot for him. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> got that one. Um, but I so that's why I have your bias is there. But it's three dollars again. I felt very good with this setup infield. Um, there are other values that I, I I see. I'm like, oh, man, I was going my Ryan McMahon. The aerial got was a great one. Twelve dollar Bogarts, too. I mean, this is this is the art of it, right? It's about yeah. I it's about finding those being patient for those profits and. The team is overall very solid in that way. So that's one element I'm trying to get better at. I mean, ultimately, $75 between Olsen, Seager, and Semien isn't ideal. 
you know, I would want that to be closer to 65 if I can for, for three guys I like like that. But I still felt like overall it was I didn't pay a premium in my view right. on any of those guys. So I felt good about that. And I think, too, there's something to be said for the the players that you paid up for are players that we feel pretty confident as far as their floor. Um, Seager mm, yes. is, is one of the highest floor players out there. It's like the same concept in snake drafts. When at the top of the draft, you want to make sure the guys you're drafting uh, have a high floor. Same exact concept. I mean, Olsen, even if the average is lower than, you know, than expected, I think the power is still there no matter what. Semyon might be the only one that you could say has that concern. Um, but I think he's shown that he is uh, someone that can be, can, you know, useful. Um, it, 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 we're not talking about a, the bottom completely falling out like Javier Baez did last year, right? And you spend three dollars on Baez. We've actually already seen Baez bounce back from from a bad season before. We bounced back in twenty twenty one from that awful twenty twenty season that he had, um, where he hit only two hundred three. So um, for I mean, besides too, first year full uh, full season in, in Detroit, Comerica, it was one of the worst parks in baseball. Now yeah, it, it is improving, well, right? It's it's still pretty bad, but it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's it better is, than yeah. it was before. Uh, so it's definitely something where you have upside there at three dollars for Javier Baez to go back yeah. to being, you know, a guy that might go for you know twelve dollars next year. Sure. Yeah, and um, uh, you know, then there's also Torkelson at UI Utility, who maybe I mean that was I think actually the last pick of the entire draft. So I still have one dollars left to get my my utility, and I took Torque. Uh, what's really interesting is we went, went out there i was like all right let's go it, it it took no time at all for torkelson to go from being one of the most hyped prospects in yeah, baseball the most sure and, and locked complete, one right yeah complete complete uh hitter you know a ha- not just a one-trick pony not just power right has it all and we've completely written him off as yeah, there's so many other prospects that everyone's getting all excited for when why isn't Torkelson? Why can't Torkelson be that guy that some people are thinking Jordan Walker could be, for example? Sure. And Jordan Walker. Oh, yeah. That was know, a fun it, moment, by the way. So the entire weekend, uh, I mean, when I was hanging out with Gray on Saturday night, he just could not stop talking about Jordan Walker. If you haven't seen his Twitter every single day, he t- tweets about Jordan Walker. Earlier on Saturday, Walker hit two home runs. It was off of <laughs> Alex Calme and Kate Cavalli. He's like horrible pitches and everything. But whatever. He like looks so good and he's been incredible. So we were joking the day before, um, and I uh, and they all sound like, all right, how much are you going to pay? Oh, I'll pay fourteen dollars, you know, whatever. And that's great, Albright. So here we are in the draft. It gets to be seven dollars, and I'm just like, I know that it's supposed to be high. It's 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 Gray Albright. Like I know it's supposed to be double digits, right? Yep. And I know that Gray's going to pay it. So out of nowhere. I just kind of, my mind like shuts down and I say $11. I just push it up from seven to 11. And I say, and I go, oh no. <laughs> like, I don't want Jordan Walker at $11. Derek Cardi just did a whole presentation about prospects and like, you know, the toughest guys to project. And it's pretty much being like, you can't bank on this for Jordan Walker. I don't even really ha- like, I have the money, but like, I don't have the money to spend on that. Right. And I'm going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then Greg goes, ah, $12. Let's go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so relieved. I mean, Jordan Walker is going to be, you know, could easily be like the best prospect. And like destroy and be so much better than that. I know how much Gray loves him and everything. But it was one of those products of like, I won't ever do that to myself again. It was so foolish. And so like, you can't, 
you can't put yourself in that situation that you de- you're depending on being like the sheriff, you know, and making yeah. sure that Gray pays the amount that he wants to spend. But I, uh, it was it was more of just like. I don't know. It was it was really fun doing it because like we were joking that I was going to happen the day before and I actually did it. I actually like said like I'm going to do eleven dollars. And like he did. Oh, my God. I love you, Gray. Uh, it, it was so funny. Cracked me up. So, yeah, I did yeah, get so, Jordan Walker. <laughs> no. And and uh, and I think Jordan Walker at twelve dollars. Uh, I mean, it's one of those situations we could look back on it and be like, wow, you know, and he did end up uh, returning that value and more. Uh, or we could look back on it and be like, wow, it was the worst $12 spent in the draft because it's impossible to know with, with prospects, how they will actually, uh, you know, turn out. And, um, I know all the people listening to this and there's gonna be a lot of people going, Oh my God, Jordan Walker's so good. He's nothing like Torkelson, blah, 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 blah. But you know, it, we could be right. one year away from Jordan Walker going for $1, uh, in, uh, in next year's auction. Yeah, so, right, right. um, you know, as as Gray obviously at that point we'll move on to I don't know uh, Francisco Alvarez, Andy Rodriguez. No, those are catchers. No one wants to spend the money on catchers anyway. Nah. I mean, well, so I wanted to. I got two catchers: Sean Murphy at yeah. twelve dollars, which is which was higher than the project by the initial ones had. But I'm much higher on Sean Murphy. Um, I adjusted mine to put it around fourteen, I think, for Sean Murphy in this. Mm-hmm. I think ours have it as like eight nine, and I'm. I, this is just me and this is someone that like is my guy and i was like i really do believe that the plate appearances in the lineup that sean murphy is in get him out of oakland a much better scenario for him is excitement like sean murphy i think is gonna dominate this year and at 12 dollars, i felt like yeah this is good i had like 13 14 or so so i was like all right a little bit of profit not as so much but i really it's also the mentality of in season i don't want to deal with catcher so right. I just don't. This is my own. Like I will pay a small premium in some way to get at least one catcher that I'm never replacing. Right. Um, and in a two catcher league, you, I mean, twelve teams, so it's only twenty four catchers rostered. Only that's still a lot of catchers. But uh, it gives you. I mean, Sean Murphy makes sure you only have to worry about one spot. Right. And then I. And then the second one, funny story here is I. I was at the point of at the end of my draft. I had like one dollar associated with catcher, one dollar associated with outfield, one dollar for utility, and like I had like four dollars to play around with with pitcher, and then plus like a one dollar stuff. So I was just doing one dollar catchers at that point. I think I felt like figured everyone was. So I put a Travis Darno and Ray Murphy gets him for two. I'm like, oh god, you gotta be kidding me. So I put an Eric Haas and then Brian Fed- Feldman gets him for two. I'm like, you guys, come on. Um, and, uh, then I get Christian Benincourt cause he was the best one available according to our projections. It was just like, fine, here you go. Benincourt. I don't know how that's going to go. Probably be streaming someone else, but that's enough for catcher. Uh, let's oh, go okay. Outfield. Real quick before yeah. we move on. I just want to say this one thing about catcher. I personally, so I went the route that you went, uh, you unintentionally went this route, but I went the route of get me in my two catcher league that, that I just drafted yesterday. Uh, I got a steady starter, not as good as Sean Murphy, not as not as exciting. I, I uh-huh. went with Tyler Stevenson. I wanted Sean yeah, sure, Murphy. That's got, good. Got, yeah, got he went for nine dollars in this. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm happy with Tyler Stevenson as my number one catcher. And then for my second catcher spot, I wanted to get one of the prospects. So either Logan Ohapi, uh, mm-hmm. Gabriel Moreno, or Christian Betancourt. Um, I ended oh, up nice. with Ohapi. Very very happy with that. I think he has the best chance at playing time, uh, at least between him and Moreno. But that was my strategy was get one that I feel mm-hmm. good about and get one spot that I can play around with. And right. I may regret that if in May I have to find someone on the waiver wire to play a catcher. But at the very least, I have a little bit of upside as you do with uh, Christian. Well, you have upside with both Murphy and Betancourt, but 
Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I do want to talk about outfield. And of course, we're going to talk about the how I constructed the pitching staff. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. All right, so let's talk about your outfield. The last hitter position spot we haven't talked about yet. Uh, you ended up with Mike Trout, $30. Teoscar Hernandez at $20. And Taylor Ward at 17 as your top three in that spot. Were these the guys that you wanted in your outfield at, the, at those prices? Well, uh, so Trout was a $34 value. So I, uh, so that's $4 profit. I was like, all right, whatever I get with it. I mean, I, I purposefully am like, yes, I need to dedicate some time to outfield because in a 12 team where it is easier to fill in uh, outfield by the end in season, I wanted at least one spot open. That was just a dollar guy. Um, but essentially going into this, I'm just saying, all right, I'm going to see wherever the profit is. And if mm-hmm. I happen to get profit in outfield versus other places, then that's where I get it. Um, and I got it on Trout. So cool there. On Teoscar Hernandez for us was a $22 value. Um, so cool. I felt like I got $2 of profit there. Uh, for Teoscar and Taylor Ward, I think I went. Um, I essentially was trying to figure out where to spend my money, and I uh, Taylor Ward was at a 19, I think, for us. Um, and I say for us, I mean, like, this is PLV, is the us, just so you guys know, yes. Uh, our projections. but I uh, it's yeah, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll go in at 17 for Taylor Ward here. I wasn't thrilled about that one, Christian Yelich, I purposely targeted. I nominated and got because he was a 16. And I was also thinking I could have gone for Eloy at that point. Eloy was still out there and I really liked where the the market was going. Like he went for 15. I kind of figured that Eloy would go a little bit cheaper than that, honestly. So I'm really happy to see that he went for 15. But there were uh, a couple other guys. Luis Robert went for 19. Again, happy that it went that high. And I needed some speed. Uh, I recognized like, oh, right. I haven't really gotten much speed at all. I got some semi in like. You know, I got uh, some trout, but like there wasn't really like this dedicated speed stuff. So I need a little bit extra of that. Um, and so I went with I went for Yelich specifically again, $16 value, got him a 10. So I felt like I got profit with each of those guys. Um, so that's kind of how it worked out for the outfield. And then Navi Avisael Garcia is the biggest regret I have of the entire draft. Um, because why is that? Because well, actually, Torque, by the way, I got in the previous. I forgot this. Torque was previous. And then the Garcia was the last pick of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I realized my reserve round, um, I got the guy I actually wanted to get at one dollar. Could have gone anyone, mm-hmm. and I got Garrett Mitchell, who's a way better one dollar outfielder get, right. right? And I wouldn't have gotten Garcia in the reserves. But then once I had more time to really reflect on the roster, the pillars available, it's like, oh my gosh, there's Mitchell. What am I doing? Um, so then I got Mitchell in the reserve, and I could have gotten a. I was second pick overall in the reserve, so I could have gotten. Anyone, uh, you know, probably Brandon fought like Shelly got Brandon fought. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm so upset. So that's that's something I regretted there. But otherwise, I mean, this outfield, I think, turned out well. Like, and it's, again, another situation. I'm not going to get rid of Trout, her, uh, Teoscar and Ward and Yelich. Like, good. I feel safe with those guys. Just pray that Trout doesn't get hurt. That's all. Well, and so that's where actually I, I know that you could have turned obviously El Garcia into like a Brandon Fott or some other uh, player with a lot more upside. Uh, and when we say upside, we mean like, you know, unproven. Because I actually think Avisale has quite a bit of upside compared to what he did last year. Um, I actually drafted Avisale Garcia, and I feel good about it. So I don't like this Avisale Garcia slander huh. that you're bringing I mean, he was, a, he, was a, he was the highest rated uh, in our projection system for Atfield at the yeah. time. I think he was like a $5 value. Like I was like, all right, fine. I'm just going to go with that. 
I think there's a bounce back year here for Avisel Garcia. And, and in, you know, a five outfielder format, uh, I think he's a very worthy starter. I think uh, if anything, though, too, if you need a spot where you can churn an outfield, uh, I don't know that you'd be, I mean, you know, maybe you would, but I don't know that you'd want to churn on Garrett Mitchell immediately in April, whereas you mm. could feel better about churning on Avisel Garcia that quickly. Um, That's a good Garrett point. Mitchell, you might, you might feel like, oh, I want to see, want to hang on. Let's yeah, see what yeah, happens, right, right, you know. Right. So there's, you know, I'll make you feel a little bit better that way. Um, I will say Trout, Hernandez, Ward, Yelich, uh, really great values there. Um, I think they're all going to, you know, be good to great outfielders. Yelich, I'm a little bit worried about uh, because now I'm, you know, 30 and I have back pain. And let me tell you, it's very debilitating. <laughs> I I can't swing a bat like I used to, you know. As a, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, Trout, Hernandez, Ward, it's hard to do – to, to uh, well, it's hard to do better than that. You could have done Judge and, and all these other guys, but for the values you got them for, it's hard to do better than what you. Yeah, got. I, I was I was pretty happy with that. And what's interesting is when it comes to my offense, um, I think I kind of did what I was trying to do. Um, pitching, I don't think I did exactly, and I screwed up. I think with one player. So, do you want to talk about the player you screwed up in first, or do you want me to ask you a question that I had about your pitching staff as well? Go ahead, please. All right, so. Just for context for the good people at home. Yeah. Uh, your starting pitchers uh, on your staff are Luis Castillo at $23, Zach Wheeler at 20 and Robbie Ray at 15 Then you went uh, bargain bin uh, shopping and got Kopech at $3, and then Maeda, Sean Manaya, uh, Garrett Whitlock, and uh, Lance McCullers. Um, which I think is a fine Well, Well, okay. So, so just to correct that quickly, Lance McCullers was reserve round. Yes. Um, and Whitlock was uh, two dollars because I had an extra Sorry, dollar at the end. And there's a very specific reason why I got Whitlock is because I expect them to start in the IL and unlimited IL, which mm, means I essentially get an extra play early on while still having the fun of chasing Whitlock. Um, so I go. thought that was a very fun strategy to have um, out of the gate. That's a very, very uh, labor-specific strategy that I'm sure all the people yeah. at home will uh, be sure to yeah. uh, implement. So I just wanted to options. really put that asterisk on that, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, I, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I would like I, – I always like it when you yeah. explain this type of stuff. You have two of your top 12. Robbie yeah. Ray currently ranked at 35. And yeah. then a whole bunch of you know guys nothing. that are not ranked as <laughs> – no. Uh, yeah. they're not nothing. I'm sure their mothers think very highly of them, okay. uh, but they aren't ranked very high on your list. Um, right. and so can you, can you kind of talk a little bit more about this strategy of having basically the, you know, two SP ones and SP three, and then a whole bunch of nothing. So I, I go back and forth on this a lot. And I think in an auction league, I can do this. I can do mm-hmm. this better than I can in a snake. Right. Um, because the, the reason I don't encourage going for aces in a snake is because you have to turn down hitters that you can depend on however in an auction i can get both it just means that i have to find more stuff in in pitching later which is my skill set so i like to so i thought luis castillo to me is like a 30 dollar value um i i see him along the lines of other guys that went pretty expensive like i see gosman at 22 and i go i'm super happy i got castillo i saw brandon woodruff at 26 well, that's kind of Luis Castillo for me. Scherzer at 25, Castillo for me. You know, Nola at 27, Castillo at 23 felt to me like, great, I got it. And I got it early. 
this is something that mm-hmm. that Ariel pointed out in his presentation was a lot of the times when it comes to the top um the first like 20 uh player the first 20 guys that go are so sure like the hitters like the elite ones go super high and there's always a premium like who are those super right. top tier elites but like the second tier always go for market or less it's rare for the because there's always a lot of other things to go for still right. and knowing this i really was thinking like okay nick you should be nominating a lot of like your 8 9 10 11 12 starters um, and I tried to do that and I Castillo $23. I felt good about Zach Wheeler, who I in some ways like more than Castillo, despite the seven runs yesterday in spring training, you do whatever. have him ranked higher, but, and I got him at 20 and I'm like, see, this mm-hmm. is good. And my, my general thought was I want to spend about 50 to, to 55 on three guys, three or four. And I spent mm-hmm. 58 accidentally. And I say accidentally because I honest the one of my bigger regrets was Robbie Ray at fifteen. I feel yeah. I could have split that up into maybe like a seven and an eight and been a little bit happier with my staff. But I also didn't want to get too far behind. And something that I've done before and mistakes I've made before is by relying too much on kind of the middle tier of starting pitching, it means that the strikeout and win numbers are not as high as they should be mm-hmm. but right. getting castillo wheeler and ray those are three guys are on winning teams and should get each of them could go 200 plus strikeouts and yeah. to have that floor of of strikeouts and wins from three guys i think was so important for me um, and allows me to then say like look i'm going to get these other pitchers that i think actually can improve era and whip as well so that's why I was a little more aggressive on Ray than I normally would be in, say, like a snake draft. Uh, but I actually found myself realizing, like, wait, I like Robbie Ray a lot more than I used to. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he's going to degrade this year like I did. So I actually have him at 35 or so. You're going to see an update on Tuesday, May, March 7th. That's going to have him, I think, in the top 30. So uh, that's I, a big I'm move. much more into Robbie Ray. Um, yeah. And, but, uh, and that's yeah. three pitchers right there that you should be able to bank on 600 strikeouts, uh, obviously health. Uh, always the the big asterisk uh and hopefully maybe 45 wins uh may, that might be a little bit on the high side 40 to 45 wins combined um could, yeah i'll say 35 i'd say it's a 35 win flourish like 12 yeah each there you or go. so something like that yeah, is like good that feels that feels I mean, good to have as a starting basis yeah mariners are good phillies are good so you've you've put yourself with starting pitchers who are going to throw a lot of innings on good teams uh, who strike out a lot of batters and that uh, definitely I, I would want to spend $58 on that for sure. Um, so let me ask you real quick, since, since you said Ray was the mis- well, not necessarily a mistake, but more like, but um, just like a weird, uh, you know, an uh, area uh, of opportunity. Mess- if we're going gonna- to messed me up because I wasn't able to spend any more on starting pitching. The other starters that I got um, $3, $1, $1, $2. And yeah. I knew I needed to get something in the closer realm. I really didn't want to, but I uh, Clay Holmes I had as a ten, and so did same with Bendar, and I spent mm-hmm. fifteen on them. I would have ideally liked to have spent like ten on that, and then had another five dollars for starters. Um, like Lance Lynn at ten went, and I was just so upset uh, from Gray Albright. I thought that was so good. Um, Drew Rasmussen went for eight. He was actually around for a long time. I was kind of hoping I could get him for like four or so. Did not happen. Um, there are a couple others that I, I'm sure I'm going to see him go. Oh yeah, duh, that guy was like, oh man. I mean, Logan Webb went for nine. Joe Ryan actually went up to ten. That was fine. Pablo Lopez for four. That was the one. And it was actually really funny. I had four dollars left as a max bid, 
And Ray Murphy says, all right, read Detmers for four. I was like, you got to be kidding. You know, <laughs> and like, come on, I can't. You know, everyone laughed in the room because they know that I'm in on Detmers. Um, I thought that was entertaining. But like, so so after I go after those three, um, I got Holmes and Bednar. I was like, okay, cool. I have something in saves I need to do. it. I'm a little scared of Holmes considering his injury history. Yeah. Um, but and the Yankees Bednar's have a lot on. of, I feel like there's a lot of options in that Yankees bullpen. Yeah, uh, but they're going to go with Holmes, Holmes until he's, yeah, right. And hopefully well, that's I can what I mean. jump like, on that. He's got that the first happens. shot for sure. And, and it, you know, there's a world in which Clay Holmes never relinquishes the role and gets 30 saves, has a great it's season. It's just about the injury um, history to me. So, yeah, we'll see there. And then uh, Bednar, yeah, the Pirates. But maybe he gets dealt midseason. Doesn't really, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. So what as far like as feeling Bednar, it out, though, yeah. He's a, he's a really good pitcher. Um, you get a lot of relievers yeah. out there, a lot of closers out there that aren't great pitchers. Right. Uh, he's going to help in other things too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Kopech, I'm I'm very much in on. Um, I feel like the surgery is great. Uh, and he should pitch really, really effectively. I three dollars. I was super thrilled with that one. That was the one I was like, okay, I'm going to spend. I did one. Someone did two. I said three. I'm going to get this. Whitlock. I had one guy I could spend two dollars on, and I was like, I heard Whitlock got nominated. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that too. Uh, I right. stole a little that bit one. of gamesmanship there. Yeah. I, what I like and, about what you did at the back of your rotation is that you definitely went for upside with Kopech, oh yeah. with Whitlock. 100%. Uh, Maeda, Maeda coming back from injury and people have you know completely forgotten how how good he threw uh, 94. He, he, he threw yeah. 94 in the spring so far. I don't know what he did over the weekend, but Shamanai, if he does that, then all right. I, I mean, you'll see him jump up in the ranks tomorrow because of that. But yeah, it, it's I saw Grayson Rodriguez go for six. I was really upset about that. Blake Snell for 10. These are both Doug Anderson's. I was, oh man, I wish I could have jumped in on those. But at the same time, like Chris Javier for $20, like I'm, I like him, but at 20, I don't think I could jump in on that. Same for Zach Gallen. And I'm just comparing that to like, I got Zach Wheeler at $20. Um, right. So I feel, I felt much better about that. And then yeah, Kenta Maeda coming off of Tommy John. I'm, I'm so in to chase that one early. Uh, so I feel good with this. And then I got, oh boy, I got my baby. I got I got Nick Martinez, and I am so amped about Nick Martinez. I know no one is amped about Nick Martinez, but I saw his command. It shifted his approach. Sinkers inside to lefties. With cutters coming back in, command is there. Good breaking ball, good changeup. Like, I think Nick Martinez is going to be, is like the Merrill Kelly with more strikeouts this year. Uh, and get ready for that one. Win chances as well, the Padres. Lance McCullers, unlimited IL. I actually waited. It was... I had my first pick of Garrett Mitchell. I had to correct the Abisael Garcia <laughs> and then came all the way back around. So it's like the second last pick of the second round. And I asked the question like, hey, so unlimited IL, right? <laughs> just so we're clear, like I could just sift this back in and I get someone back, right? As it was with, uh, with I assumed already with the Whitlock and I was like, maybe that's wrong. And they're like, yeah, it's like, great. Lance McCullers. You know? <laughs> Let me just stick that in there and get that value later on because it's a Roto League. Um, Daniel Hudson for other, um, saves possibility. I can just move Absolutely. on if it's not that. I love that one. Absolutely. Could be. In and the then, for uh, sure. and then I throw in Yohan Mankata and I, I get a sense. I mean, there was a panel there at a uh, first pitcher's own made a very compelling argument saying that new manager in Chicago, maybe Mankata really struggled with La Russa and actually finds his form and steals bases and everything. And I thought, you know what, that's a really fun ceiling pick to make for my hitters. So I'll go with that one. And, that was my draft, Miles. Yeah, all in all, I think uh, I think it's a very interesting team. I think the biggest thing looking at this 
is that it plays very much into your strengths of knowing that you are going to dominate pitching on the wire. You know that you're going to be uh, in the mix for everyone and you know where you're going to be targeting those guys. And so the fact that you only have three starting pitchers heading into the season that you, you probably uh, that are my locks. Normally I say four. I say like, Hey, you gotta get yeah. four. I really have three. I really don't think I'm going to be dropping my Ada or Kopech though, but uh, no, you I probably be. won't be. But yeah, I could be. Won't be. There's but, a chance I am. Yeah. And it being a 12 teamer also makes it easier um, to jump. And by the way, I'm so upset that Ryan Hallam got Tyone in the reserves. And oh, I'm I'm like kicking myself that I didn't. If I if I took Mitchell in the draft, I would have Tyone on that team. <laughs> you know. Um, but I I mean, it's little things like that that can actually make a huge difference at this point to like really allow me yep. to. You know, it's like Brandon fought. Tyon went in those reserves. Um, yeah, it's just oh, so oh, so close. But anyway, I'm excited for Tout now. I wanna I wanna take everything I learned here. I'm I'm looking forward to Ariel Cohen's review of my team, and uh, hopefully it works out. So let's 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 leave it on on this. I want to ask you two final questions about your team. Sure. Of both your hitters and your pitchers, I want two picks one one for hitter, one for pitcher. Mm-hmm. Who are your worst values? Who who do you look back on and 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 don't and you know what? Don't just say Robbie Ray because I we know that that's your answer for uh, for pitchers. Uh, going past Robbie Ray, who is your worst value for pitchers? Who is your worst value for hitters? Oh man, um, I think Semyon at twenty five isn't ideal. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't really want to get you know like Altuve went for twenty four, Torres went for twelve. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a good value at second base that I felt really yeah. good at. So I I was happy to have one that I felt like all right I'll least get like a really good one for it but it's not the best value there i mean um, so chisholm goes for 27 so taylor ward is also up there at 17 sure yeah i get that miles um on the the pitching side i i i will always keep saying like do i ever really need to pay 23 dollars for a start but i'll say yes this is what i want to do um i would say 15 dollars combined for holmes and bednar um if there's a way that i could have manipulated that better uh, for saves, I uh, I would have liked to. <laughs> uh, I I mean, I'm looking at the other ones now to really see. Like Felix Bautista for nine, I probably would have liked more. Even with this the small injury scare, I think he's going through now. He's got that job, and I compare that. Then I do that with like get Munoz at four dollars and something like you know along those lines. Yeah, it's really it's really difficult looking around the league to find closers that are that are decent. I'm not, and not even just saying yeah. good, but like decent. Cause you know, even like Carlos Estevez goes for five and we don't even know if he's the closer in, in, uh, sure. in Anaheim. LA. So, yeah. um, no Anaheim. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, to your point on, on, you know, you didn't need to spend or, you know, you know, asking yourself, did I need to spend 23 on Luis Castillo? Only one team did not spend at least $20 on at least one pitcher. It, there, there were a lot of pitchers that went for $20 sure. plus. So it, it would have been very, uh, almost difficult, I it, think, uh, to get a roster where you didn't spend that kind of money on at least one. Pitcher. Right. So, it was interesting. Um, uh, Gray was without a starter for a long time. I think when I took Robbie Ray, he bet he bid 14 for Robbie Ray. And I just felt like that was wrong. So I took him 15 before he had a starter and I was kind of expecting him to go 16, but he didn't. And then I, and then he, but he, he landed Darvish at 19, which is solid lean at 10, which is solid. Um, so 
it worked out for yeah, me. Yeah, he was he was the one team that did not have a twenty dollar pitcher, but he had Darvish at right. nineteen and, and Valdez at seventeen, so not not far off. Uh sure. using twenty as an arbitrary cutoff number because it ends in a zero and I am yeah. a simple I mean, this, uh, human. Uh, one last thing I'm gonna mention about the pitching in this draft. I look at the other I, I just look at a lot of teams with like three dollars or four dollars or five dollar pitchers. And I look at Maeda and Kopech and Manaya at a total of five dollars. Five. And I think I don't really there aren't other guys that I'm like, yeah, I, I wish I yeah, spent you- as many as them for them. You know, there's some that like, oh, that's a really good discount. Like Ray Murphy with Reed Demers and Pablo Lopez for nine dollars total. Throw in right. three more for Evaldi, but Evaldi also the side injury. Ten dollar Chris Sale. Like that is actually that's really fun. But I really do attest to this. Yeah, get like spend like fifty five dollars on starting pitchers, and then just do the rest in a twelve teamer. It's I think really do think it's the way to go. Yeah, and let's end on the happy note. I asked about your worst values. Who are your two best values? Who are the two players you got one hitter, one pitcher that you're like, oh, dude, I could not have done better. I can't believe all these idiots didn't bid higher for them. Oh, look at me, I- I'm the best. I'm gonna tell you, best? it's Wheeler for twenty dollars. Um, I'm happiest about. There you go. And I mean, eighth ranked pitcher on your Maeda, on your list. Yeah, as of- Maeda at one dollar too is pretty ridiculous to me. That should not happen. Um. And it's funny, everyone was waiting for me to do it. And like Eric Cross said, like, there it is. Cause like the night before, uh, there was a debate between Eflin or Maeda for Gray's TGFBI team. And some mm. said, like, it's Eflin. I was like, I think you're gonna like Maeda more. And he goes, and he took Maeda because he wanted to blame me at the end, which is wonderful. Um, <laughs> there you go. And then on the hitting side, I mean, Baez at $3 is like that. I needed that. Mm-hmm. I-, I needed a middle infielder. And to get buys at $3 that I was like, cool, I'm good with this, um, was really, really opening for me to uh, to kind of get like $7 Bednar then. Um, so it helped out a lot. And that's my favorite I, point, surprisingly. I, I actually, I think for me, I think your your best value is Ty France at $4. Um, yeah, that's especially pretty good. When I mean, you look, yeah. When you look and you see CJ Crone for 11 and Christian Walker for eight, uh, Nate Lowe for 13. Not that the France is necessarily Christian Walker as good at eight as these guys, nice, though. I had him like a, a it 15. is nice, but I, I don't, I, I don't think he's four dollars more than France. Nice. I don't think, uh, I don't think Nate Lowe is triple France's price, you know. So I just, when sure. you're looking at first base, you're looking at all these heavy hitters that people have. Uh, I think you'll Ty be France surprised. I think I think that you're generally going to find a value at first base. It's often what happens is there are a lot of them, so they they do yeah. traditionally fall like Josh Bell at six and Mountcastle at six versus Ty France at four. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, oh, man. I wasn't gonna mention those because I like those better than those France at so four, but I do too. Uh, and that's just, just generally what happens. These Christian Walker at eight is undervalue, right? Um, is is profit there's there's going to be profit at the first base position yeah. in some fashion um, which does yeah. in some way make me think like do i need to get matt olson can i like can i spend up on third base instead and try to get that because i expect the profit that i don't know you know it's it's an interesting you, thing. you did a great job with your team uh this is a great warm-up for you to get ready for tout in a couple of weeks uh, and 15 team. You're gonna have to learn more hitters, Nick. You're gonna have to get deeper with, with hitters it's, and, it's and the learn fun more names. Uh, well, but, but as anyway, you said Miles, at the top of this, yeah. as you said at the top of this, just to bring it all the way back, you don't need to know exactly who they are. You just need to know where the profit is. Just got uh, so You don't profit, actually need to guys. learn. Yep. Don't need to learn any more hitters. You just got to find the profit, Nick. So I know we went a little bit long in this one. Um, thanks a lot, Miles, for, uh, for stepping in for Alex fast. 
Um, and uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the On the Corner podcast. On behalf of Miles Nelson, my name is Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week. 